The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide. would be okay to do that okay yeah so what we're trying to do is basically um get a sense of the story from all the different perspectives of people who are personally impacted by uh the the case okay so um ken singer uh was my first late husband's last name Okay. Kensinger. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm remarried um, and a widow again. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And were you a victim then of Donald Bulls? He was a horrible man. It it sounds like it from everything that I've read um, and I've been researching. So, I mean, I know this is really uncomfortable, but... We would like to have, you know, obviously your perspective in any way uh, that you're willing to share. So, okay, that and and this um, Donna Tompkins is the lady that um, deceased. Yeah, her little girl. And her little girl, okay. Justine. Yeah. And, and is there? Can I ask why? Why this case versus all the other ones? <laughs> you know, I, I guess what drew you to this case. Well, I I guess because it's I'm intrigued by it and there's a lot of questions and I also think that there is an aspect to this where victims can talk about um how you know kind of like what their experience was not necessarily in detail but how they've overcome it um and we're also looking at the whole aspect of uh the death penalty in Illinois we're curious as to what people think about, you know, him getting the death penalty and what ultimately happened to him. Um, he died, you know, obviously you know that he passed away uh, prior to uh, Clemens. He was told by a heart, by heart attack in prison. Yeah, that's what, that's what they said. Yeah. And so I'm just, you know, I'm curious about what you're, obviously you said in the beginning of the conversation that he was a horrible person. I actually, as much time as went by, I think I would be okay with that. Okay. Ask me some questions. Um, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, um, why don't you just tell me, kind of start from the beginning with what you're comfortable of telling me about uh, Donald Bull and how you met him and, um, you know, what conspired. I mean, of course, it's foggy because that was over, you know, 25 years ago. I met him through a friend, a mutual friend. And he, and when I met him, he was a charmer and told me everything I wanted to hear, of course. And all that, um, then that kind of escalated. And then 
we got married. I know. Uh, hold on a second. I'm on the phone. I know. I'm on the phone. I'm okay. Oh, bear with me here. No problem. My dog has a hold of my shoe. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't Doggy. know. I don't know. He's being bad. No worries. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, we. I. Back when I first met him, he wasn't. I mean, he didn't, of course, come off as that he was abusive in any way. Or, of course, I wouldn't have married him. But I was young, and he just told me everything I wanted to hear. He knew how to go about that. And, and uh, he was, you know, he was a nice looking man. He just had, you know, just that. And so we got married, and then it began from there. He started being controlling, and we had dated for, oh man, probably a good year. It wasn't like it was a love at first sight thing, no. We had a lot of mutual friends, people he knew, people I knew, kind of thing. And then I started hearing stories. I don't know if you have, and I have another person. I don't know if you have her name. I'm positive she would be okay with me giving you her name as well. Okay, what's your name? Yep, I have her name. I've tried to yeah. reach out to her, but um, I haven't had any luck. Well, and she probably, she's probably going to leave it in the past. Okay. I, am, I totally understand, yeah. 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 Um, now, did you have any kids with him? I did not. Oh, okay. He had two boys. Okay. With uh, Leela Bull. Yeah, yeah. Later. Okay. Yes. Um, two boys, so they were my stepsons at the time, and so as uh, as time, more time went on, more time controlling things, and things would pop up, and then um, told me some things of all what her, she went through, mm -hmm. and here I am, you know, married. To, and I'm like, what? She's like. You don't need to not be, you know, you got to get away and then he's going to turn on you and blah, blah, blah. Did you believe her? Did, did you believe her when she told you that? At the first time, no. Because you don't want to anyway, you know, you're kind of like, no, really? Because he's so, you know, acting so sweet. And, but then, of course, you know, there was, you know, he went to prison for it, so there was records of that. So I, you know found that out and and then just more time more a little more time went by and just more stuff and then he started telling me things like you know because i would tell him i'm not doing this you did this this and he's like, i serve my time i'm a better person now kind of talk you know all that and you know more time went by i remember him being more controlling following me when I said I was one of my friends, he would, you know, show up there just for, as time has went on, of course. Um, and then he just got worse. It just so got worse. And I think when it really, when he really went over the deep end, and I don't know time frames so much because I tried to put that way in my past. Sure. Is when his, when his mom passed away on Halloween. Okay. I don't remember what year. Um, after that, it was like 
day night, like a light switch freaking went off. And he was just, ugh. So I proceeded with divorce, you know, trying to get a divorce, get away from him. He stopped me. I And I know there's documentation, several orders of protection. Um, he ran me off the road, um, followed me, threatened my friends, my family. Um, as the divorce is going on, I'm working with the Women's Crisis Center. I remember that. They were so kind as to, yeah, and he, he told me, he says, if I can't have you, no one will. Mm. I'm telling you that countless times. So, and he, yeah, uh, I, I did have some marks here and there, different things he would do. That's why I was working with the Women's Crisis Center. Mm -hmm. They were helping me. Um, I was trying to maintain a job really trying to get away from him and we were separated and we were separated for I, I want to you know I want to say for a while because um, he wouldn't sign the divorce papers I remember that there was this he convinced me to come over he would let me have some of my stuff my cat for one of them I remember that <laughs> um, broad daylight and you probably have read about this court case as well. Yeah. Um, he was acquitted for raping me. Yes. How do you, I, it's a um, stupid question, but how do you feel about that in hindsight? Oh, I'm just livid. I, I, my friends and family went through so much with that. Yeah. A week of trial with these jurors who were picked that look like like farmers old school farmers and I yeah my family all there listening to all these details and and they quitted him I'm told that they quitted him because they didn't believe in marital rape uh. we were still married at the time That's a tragedy. And I had, I, mean, I have marks, you know, I had all the proof that he physically abused me and mm -hmm. rose raped me. And they let him go and quitted. And if they would have found him guilty for what he did to me, that woman and her little girl would still be alive. jurors had sleepless nights absolutely do I moved away from all that yeah did you do did you move because of all the tragedy that happened there in the association yes mm. okay if there's there was any kind of message that you want would want to put out there to somebody that was listening you know, to your story, what would you want them to remember? Like, you know, especially somebody who's gone through something, some similar tragedy. I would say get out and your first sign, 
you deserve better. This, you got to get out on your first sign of any kind of controlling man or anything, any signs at all. Mm-hmm. Just get out. That you can do better. You can, there is, you know, happiness down the road. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you uh, called me back, and I really appreciate your time. Um, if you think of any... I wasn't going to. I, yeah. I was thinking, oh, do I want to talk and dredge this up? But I thought, if it's going to help someone down the road in any way that I, you know, talk about or mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. I, then I'm all for that. Hi, this is Anne Marie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, thanks for agreeing to talk to me. Do you mind if I record this call? Um, I don't care. Okay. So I am a co-producer of um, Spoon River Gothic, uh, the podcast, and uh, I think you talked to August. I did, yes. I'm really like sitting on pins and needles waiting every day to see if he posts another excerpt. (laughs) That is amazing. I'll tell him that. that. He's going to love that. I told my daughter she's been talking with him. They know each other. And I told her to tell him that Christmas and the holidays are over. And I cut him a little slack because of that. But start writing. Oh, my goodness. I just, one page is not enough. I'm ready to just keep right on reading. Can't oh, wait for the book to come out. He's a very good writer. Yes, he is. It, he really draws you in. So, are, do you live in Canton? I do, yes. I've lived here most of my life. Oh, okay. So, do you... Do you remember the case and when it happened? Oh my goodness, do I. I oh, had um, I had a small child that would have been two, I believe, at the time that it happened, so close to Justine's age, and that case haunted me. I did not sleep well for a very long time after that happened. Did you know any of the, um, did you know uh, Justine or... Um Donna, I did not know either of them. Um, I do know some of the names that are are mentioned. Um, like they, well, uh, Dave Ayers, who was one of the investigators. My son and his son grew up best friends, so I don't know him. You know, only casually and like picking up the kids and passing. Um, and I, of course, I knew Terry Haynes. I, he was a couple years ahead of me in school, and I actually um, babysat for his brother's children for a number of years. His his younger brother was my first boyfriend in junior high. <laughs> it's but a small again, town. Uh, again, I mean, don't don't know him well. He was just Tim's older brother. You know, you'd see him around town a little bit. He was the UPS man, so. You know, we always talked when he would deliver a package or something, but, you know, out outside of his job and stuff, I never hang around with any of these people socially or anything. Yeah, yeah. Did you know um, uh, David, David Haynes? I did not. I And um, I don't know if he's still in Canton or not. I kind of hope not after reading some of this because... 
you know, I guess everyone shouldn't make assumptions, but you kind of can't help it when you read something like this. And he's looking kind of involved right now at this point. Um, I did have... Uh, Donnie Bull was married to, oh, a distant cousin of my mother's, but he had attacked her sister, and I honestly had forgotten all about that until I started reading this again. I forgot that, you know, he was the one convicted of this, but I I do remember hearing about that when he attacked Don and when that all happened. I, right. I remember my, she was kind of one of my mom's favorites, and you know, real sweet girl, and my mom thought a lot of her, and so, you know, my mom took that very hard when she was attacked. Right. Um, and then I I couldn't tell you who Donnie Bull was, although I know people that did know him. Um, a good friend of mine worked with him, and she doesn't believe that he did it. She, you know, from the other things that you read about him attacking other women, it kind of seems to me like, you know, he was where he deserved to be. But that also, if he didn't do this and he is a scapegoat, that leaves someone who did do this still out there walking around free. And that would be a problem. Someone right. capable of something, you know, this terrible. Right. I really didn't. Be I behind bars. I've been trying not to have an opinion about it as I read all the information. And, you know, that is one of the things that has struck me is, you know, if he didn't do it, I mean, he was not a wonderful person. He had a lot of issues. He was uh, abusive to women. But does that mean he did it? Um, and also, I did talk to David Haynes between you and me. Okay. And there was something really just, just hit me the wrong Could you hold on just a moment? Sure. My husband's coming in. Yeah, no problem. Set it in there. I'm on an important phone call. Please shut the door. Okay. I'm sorry. He's just coming in from work. That's why you can hear all the dogs barking in the background. They're excited to see Daddy, and he takes them for a walk when he comes home. Oh, buddy. So, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't really have... I don't, you know, I'll read one thing and think one thing and then read another and think another. But there is definitely, I got a creepy vibe from David Haynes. And, yeah, um, that doesn't mean he did it. But I think there's more to that story than we know. <clears throat> um, um, it just, just does, it does seem a little odd, you know, that he just happened to show up there at the right moment and... I mean, I get it. She didn't come to work, and they went to check on her. But I, I don't know something. Something about that's kind of leaving me thinking. Um, but there is there's another thing about um, Donnie Bowl that this is maybe the reason why this case bothered me as bad as it did. Because before any of this happened, um, my son was little. And I was walking him from, I live about, oh, four blocks from the Canton Uptown Square, the business district. And Wright's Furniture, where Donnie Bull worked, was right off of the square. 
And I was trying to lose baby weight, and um, it took about 19 years after he was born. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, uh, I was trying to uh, walk a little bit more, and so I had him out in his stroller. And we had walked by Wright's Furniture and then turned and came down by National Bank, which is just a block, you know, over from that. And um, this truck, as I came by Wright's, this truck with two guys in it, which, you know, I've always assumed one of them was probably Donnie Bull, they came by and they were like cat calling at me and just, you know, being rude and, you know, yelling stuff out the window and I I ignored them and didn't look at them and just kept walking. And then they started coming around the block in front of me, facing towards me in the truck, and just slowing way down and, you know, yell, whistling at me, yelling stuff out the window and stuff. And this was before the days of cell phones. You couldn't just reach in your pocket, you know, and call someone and say, hey, these guys are freaking me out a little bit. And so I continued to walk, and this went on all the way home. They kept coming around the block, and a couple times the car would come from the other direction and come up behind me, and I always had to turn around when I heard a car coming because I just had this weird thought in my head, my God, they're going to grab me and my baby and put us in this truck, and nobody's ever going to see us again. And so I kept looking, but no, they always came around facing towards me so that I could see them. But, you know, I have a really strong sixth sense, and something just made me so uncomfortable about that. But by the time I got about a block from home, I was genuinely scared by this point. It just, you know, all, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck were rising up and everything was telling me this is not a cool situation. So when I found out that a person who worked at Wright's Furniture and delivered furniture was the person that was being tried for this, that all instantly came back to me. And I just, I can't get over the feeling of how uncomfortable it made me feel because like I said, my intuition has always served me well. I always pay attention to it. And yeah. so I think that's why, you know, I just was so had to watch what was going on with this case because it it felt kind of personal after that, I guess. Yeah. So it was about the same time that this happened? Well, this this would have been, I'm guessing, like the fall before this happened when this went on and at that time I mean I didn't and I don't even know to this day if it was him driving the truck right but you know once I because I I don't know what he looks like well I do now from the pictures that you guys have posted but I you know I didn't know at that time what he looked Mm -hmm. like that's very interesting yeah it was a a very very uncomfortable feeling that you know some that he, they were going to do harm to me or my child yeah so yeah oh what a horrible experience did you ever report it or anything or you just i didn't because honestly when i got home i just kind of blew it off and went oh you watch too many tv shows you're being paranoid and so i i didn't i really never ever thought about it again until then i read that he had delivered a couch to her and that he worked at wright's furniture and see, I had always thought when this, you know, maybe it was mentioned, but I always thought the couch came from Wright's Furniture. 
And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't go to Rice Furniture after that, and he was already in jail, but I still was like, oh, if they're not going to screen their employees any better than that, I don't know if I want to shop there. Right, right. So both of the guys were catcalling and being Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were, you know, yelling some rude things. I can't remember now exactly, you know, what was being said, but... But yeah, it was it was very uncomfortable. Ugh, I'm sorry you went through that. That is scary. Um. Wow. See, I mean, like, I was afraid. I, to, I, I think, was afraid to the point by where we got into that last block from home. I I kind of waited until I knew that truck, you know, wasn't anywhere in sight before I went into my house because I didn't even want them to see what house I was going to. That was smart. Ugh. Well, now, see, I hear this, and I'm like, he was, you know, not a very, you know, things that he, I've heard about Donald Bull, he was a horrible person. It and doesn't then, sound from everything that I've heard, like I said, other than the one friend who worked with him, and she said she had even, um, you know, been alone with him on occasions that um, she used to work at a place called the Suburban, and he used to help her after work stock the coolers. And she said she'd been alone in the cooler with him, and he had never made you know any type of advances towards her. But I did hear in one of the things that they wrote a mention of you know becoming out of control when he drank whiskey, and that when he drank beer he was okay, but would get kind of violent when he drank whiskey and I do remember knowing people like that that you know whiskey would just make them a crazy person yeah yeah oh well thank you for sharing that terrible experience I really appreciate that um yeah like you said we did we didn't have cell phones back then well, and I was in the last block, I was honestly so afraid. I'm pretty sure that if I would have had a cell phone in my pocket, I would have called the cops. Definitely. Because, yeah, I was definitely getting just a really uneasy feeling. I mean, I was yeah. looking at the houses as we got closer, like, you know, if they would pull right up, you know, does this person work during the day? Will there be somebody home at this house? And... You know, I, I was thinking of an escape plan in case something happened. So they they did actually scare me pretty bad. Yeah, that is interesting too. That it was, you know, the rider's uh, moving truck. Mm-hmm. So, what is it about? So you said you're starting to wonder, like, if he actually did it. What is it that you're reading or that you're hearing that's making you? question or maybe doubt um, his guilt in that particular case? Um, well, I, I actually have watched a thing recently on Netflix um, with John Grisham involved about the only book he wrote about something that was a true story um, called The Innocent Man. Yeah. Uh, right now on Netflix, I don't, don't know if you've seen this or not, they, they have a documentary going on about that. And I think one of the things that that first was a red flag for me was his IQ. When they talked about, when the writer talked about that, because, you know, I do know that 
you know, people can be coerced into making a false statement, you know, under the right, if they're pressured and under the right conditions. And I would think having a lower IQ would make him a person that would probably be susceptible to something like that. Mm-hmm. It would be easier, I would think, to to wear him down in an, you know, when they are questioning him than someone with a higher IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that it feels like they didn't, maybe they did, maybe that's going to come out, you know, in some of the later writings, but it feels like they just kind of went, okay, we've got our man, and they didn't really fully look into some of these other suspects, because I think there are a few people that, you know, might have a reason to do this. Um, You know, he she was apparently, you know, having some dealings with men that had wives. And, you know, I mean, it could even be an angry wife. I, you know, you, you just don't know. Right. Right. Um, yeah, you don't. And that, and that's the other thing, I guess where I definitely come out is that based on everything I've read and seen so far, which is, I haven't read all the uh, documentation, but that, I don't think that beyond a reasonable doubt they could have said that he definitely did it, which means the death penalty, which was, you know, the punishment, which he ended up, of course, dying in jail prior to um, being executed. Mm-hmm. It just, that's the part that really speaks to me. You know, it's like you can send somebody to prison for the rest of their life okay but you have to be really really sure um like i said i don't know as i'm gripped as well i'm every time i turn a page i'm like well what does this mean and um, and i think something that um maybe uh august didn't explain well enough for people who don't live here was the location that they said his car was parked in because at one point he did give the location where Rochelle Hillmeyer was living at the time who Donnie was living with. And yes, that location of his car would have been very close to Donna's apartment, but it would also have been very close to where he was living. And I don't think, you know, for people who know the city of Canton, he, he gave an address or a street or a something at one point where Rochelle lived. And for people that don't know the city of Canton, I'm not sure if they will put that together, that, yes, his car was broke down near Donna's house, but it was also close to where he was living as well. And, you know, the the scrapyard is, you know, right or was right in that area. So, yeah, I'll have to try to look that up again. But that, that did catch my attention when I read that, that, you know, while he was close to Donna's, he also, you know, First Avenue, they talked about, you know, riding down First Avenue. I think David Nell had said when he took him home that they drove by Donna's house three times. Well, that wouldn't be abnormal at all because there was something, there's just always been a thing that kids, especially, you know, at that time period when gas was cheap, we used to all drive around. 
And, you know, First Avenue is a, a lot of people would drive down First Avenue and turn and, you know, go around Main Street and then come back up Main and then turn and, you know, just make kids did that all the time. They made the circle all night looking for their friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty main road. So, I mean, what he said when he drove by Donna's is another thing, but it wouldn't be odd, I wouldn't think, for him to drive past because, you know, it's a, it's a throughway where mm-hmm. she lived. It's, mm-hmm. You know, there's there aren't a lot of stop signs on that street, so a lot of people, you know, take that route to cut through. Right. The, I, I don't know yet. I mean, I, I definitely think Donnie Bull was not a good person. Right. Um, you know, had a very little impulse control, obviously, right. when he drank. But I don't necessarily know that that makes him guilty of this either. Because, you know, that was quite a star in the Canton Police Department's cap to be able to, you know, to solve this case so quickly. Well, yeah, it was Air. I think it was uh, Detective Ayers. Um, oh, I don't know if any of this has come out. I might be giving you spoilers. Oh, um, that's okay. I'll take them. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, and okay. There are allegations against him. There is a um, anonymous letter that is sent to the FBI. I believe. Do you know any of this? I know that there was some scandal involving him, but I don't, it's been so many years ago that I don't remember, but I do remember talk around town about, you know, something scandalous, but I can't really remember what. Well, I think that a lot of that stuff is going to come out too, but, you know, his character was definitely called into question so much so that he was fired. He was never charged with anything, although he probably should have been charged. Um, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of that will come out later. So there's a lot of shade on the whole investigation. Well, there, there has always been a lot of corruption inside the Canton Police Department. Um, there was a particular cop, and it's not one of the cops mentioned in this, back when I was a teenager, that would pull over young girls and, you know, find something on them, a beer or a joint or something, and they would um, offer ways that they could not get a ticket or get their parents called. And it was widely known. I mean, even some parents knew that this went on because they would, you know, simply say, stay away from this cop, you know, don't don't go around him. So, I mean, people knew that, you know, not all the cops in Canton were... I, I don't want to... Yeah, I guess that's that's the way yeah. to put that. But yeah. there's there's always been a lot of that kind of talk around Canton. So, you know, I I don't know. I can't speak to us how it is now or how it was, you know, at that time. Um, you know, when this was going on, but there there's always been talk of corruption within the department. Right, right. That's interesting. Ugh. I know my dad was a cop. There is that code of silence. Right. 
Um, you know, I knew a girl that was married to one of the Canton cops, and he was a jerk, and he would drink, and he would beat the hell out of her, excuse my language, but mm-hmm. um, she she would call, and the cops would, would come out, and they would just take him away for the night to spend the night with them or whatever, but they never, you know, tried to press any charges yeah. on him or anything. Yeah. It was just yeah. like a good old boys club. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that sounds like my household. Um, I actually lived through that same experience. Um, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's self-disclosure. But, um, yeah, that that is that was a thing. I don't know if it's still the same. Do you feel like that is still it's the same in Canton? Do you think that things have gotten cleaned up at all or not? I don't know, honestly. I mean, I kind of... In the last years, I mean, I just kind of stick to myself and stay in my own lane. So I, I don't really, you know, talk. Most of my friends actually live out of town. I don't really hang around with a lot of people here in town. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I can't really say what it's like now. I I would suppose it's probably not much different, but that's just yeah. a guess. History repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think once you allow you know, those kind of things to come in, then it's just bound to continue, but... Right, right. Unless somebody, you know, puts their foot down and puts a stop to it. But it's been 30 years, you yeah. know, and and if the if the person that did this is still out there walking around, then they certainly shouldn't be because Donna and Justine aren't. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I think if he has something that proves that possibly they got the wrong man, then that needs to come to light. Yeah, I agree. Um, because you know, I, I think the other thing I can't about imagine a monster that would do something like this to a child. That that's the part. You know, you see horrible things happen in, you know, love triangles and those kind of things all the time. But there was no reason to have to have harmed that child. Well, you know, I get that the they lit the fire it. to hide the evidence. And that's that was the other thing. I know that, you know, a few of my friends are into this and my daughter is, is very into watching and, you know, the new articles and reading everything. And... She kind of, I think, feels like the husband might be a candidate. But I guess in my mind, at first I kind of thought him. But then I thought, no, because, you know, why wouldn't he just have taken his child? You know, if he if he came in and he killed Donna, why would he not have taken the child, you know, probably sleeping at, at that time of the day, why wouldn't he just taken the child, taken the child somewhere, came back and started the fire? Because, you know, he had visitation with the child. So, you know, that wouldn't even have looked weird. She just spent the night at my house last night, you know. So mm-hmm. it it couldn't it didn't make sense to me that someone that knew the child that personally. I mean, I know it happens. You know, fathers do kill their own children every day, but... I guess that's the part that kind of doesn't shine him as as much of a suspect mm-hmm, to me. Because mm-hmm. I feel like 
yeah, he might have been, you know, from what some of the things have said, you know, he had a violent temper towards her and he didn't want a divorce. And, you know, he might have been capable of killing her in a rage, but I still just, then to have to go kill the child too would... Yeah, that's I, a whole other level. That's a whole other level. And it, even it Donald Bull, he had impulse control. Um, I think he was a sexual um, predator, but at the same time, I just, you know, that that's another question in my mind as well. I don't know about you, but in my mind as well, it's like that, you know, um, violence towards children wasn't necessarily well, and, a, a part you know, of the I, I guess that, I would guess the fire was started to hide evidence, but... Yeah, to go so far, I mean, is to have to kill the child and then put her beside her mom on the couch. But then again, that made me think about maybe it is someone who had feelings for the child. You know, that after they did it, then they're like, oh my goodness, at least I'm going to have her, you know, be beside her mother. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Of course, I, I really haven't read... You know, if maybe the child was on the couch with her mother that night all along instead of in her own room. I haven't really read anything that that said, you know, where she slept. Mm-hmm. And a three-year-old, my kids, you know, crawled into bed with me pretty frequently when they were three. Right. Mm. You know, I guess the the people really... David Haynes stands out strongly, and from mm-hmm. what I've read so far, um, I also wondered about um, John Tompkins' family, because you know there he was saying that the farm, because of the divorce, the farm was in trouble, and they were going to have to, you know, pay her off her part of it or whatever, and so you know that would give his partners in the farms some sort of cause but again it's hard to see an uncle or a grandfather or a father would do this to this little girl right right that doesn't you're right about that I think something like that would have to be an instantaneous crime I don't think it was probably a planned crime so yeah you know if he had just wanted to kill his wife why couldn't he do that on a night when the child wasn't there Right. So, so obviously, I mean, there was something heated that happened. Yeah, it, it's it's very hard to tell. Um, well, you have a lot of insight. I would love to sit down and have coffee with you. You you seem like the perfect girlfriend material. You're so smart. Uh, well, and you, you seem have so nice to... too. And that would be fun if you ever come to Canton. We'll have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to put that on my list of places to go to now. Okay, have a great day. Tell him to get writing. I'm, I like want an article every night. That's the first thing I do when I get home and I get on my computer. I look to see if he's posted something. Yeah, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of material. And I don't know, you know, honestly, Deb, I don't know that it's going to be, you know, this is what we think happened. I think it's, we're putting the information out there and who knows? Maybe there's somebody out there who's listening, who's following, mm-hmm. who knows something. You yeah, know, kind of that, a draw your own conclusions ending sort of thing. Yeah. 
I mean, unless it leads to something, who knows? We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of it. It's a work in progress. So, um, yeah. Well, I'll let him know he needs to get on that writing, and um, we'll keep you updated. After I started reading what August has been writing, I could not. I sat all weekend. I didn't get anything done. I That's amazing. I love true crime. I have a hard time watching things about children and also about people who have ended up being convicted and spend time in jail and they didn't do it. Like, wrongfully, just, yeah. Oh, wrongfully accused. But I will check that one out. I will. Well, my husband says he's worried about me because now since I've became interested in this, I am completely in on the case going on in Idaho. And I've become an armchair detective now. I'm, you know, watching every single thing I can watch about this. And he goes, should I be worried about you? Because we've been married 40 years and I've never known you to be this into crime before. Oh, that is so <laughs> I, said, I don't My think boyfriend. I have either, but all of a sudden I can't quit watching. My boyfriend is like that, too. He's like, are you going to smother me in my sleep tonight or something? <laughs> Now I've put up with him for 40 years. If I was going to do that, he'd probably be gone already. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Same, same. All right. Well, it was great talking to you, and I hope I talk to you again. I hope so, too. You have a wonderful night. You, too. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Gothic is a production of Lone Bird Media in association with CZ Studio and Radio Verite. The show is produced by August Olson, editing, directing, and producing by Corey Zimmerman, audio mastering and engineering by E. Mastered. Research is done by Anne-Marie Cannon, Chelsea Mesa, and me, Jinra Illustrissimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman. You can follow the show at czstudio.works and read the blog at spoonrivergothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.